I'm Dr. Sterling. I'm a board-certified OBGYN and mom. Welcome to the Becoming Moms podcast, where I give you the step-by-step to optimizing your physical and emotional wellness in pregnancy so you can create a nourishing environment for your baby, your family, and yourself. The information shared in this podcast is intended for general education purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard in this podcast. All right, lovelies, let's dive in to this week's episode. Before we get into this topic, I want to give you a quick trigger warning that I do briefly discuss suicidal thoughts, because in this episode, we are talking about nausea, one of the most emotionally and physically debilitating symptoms human beings experience, both in and out of pregnancy. It can make you feel like a prisoner in your own body. It's bad when you experience it for a day, but when it's going on for weeks, for months, the emotional toll can be high. I'm going to get super personal and real with y'all. In my first pregnancy, I had really bad nausea. I was on three different prescription medications. And because it was my first pregnancy, I had no idea what it felt like to feel miserable for months on end. I had never experienced anything like that in my life. And it was a very dark time for me. I experienced my first and only episode of depression during that pregnancy. And this is, of course, during a time that everybody is expecting you to be excited and happy. And I just felt gray. It felt like there was no color. Music didn't sound good. Uh, I just had no pleasure in life. Everything felt like icky yuckiness. I wanted nothing to do with anything. And I can remember driving to work one day and I thought to myself, I really don't want to be alive anymore. I understand that I'm pregnant and this will probably get better. And I'm not actually going to act on these feelings But I felt like I understand. I understand why people end their lives because I feel like I don't want to live anymore. And if I didn't know why this was happening to me, if I didn't know that this was because I was pregnant and that there was, even if I was nauseous my whole pregnancy, that at some point I would get birth and this this symptom would get better that I I really wouldn't want to continue my life. And it was very, very dark to be experiencing that for the first time in my life in the context of pregnancy, when everybody is just expecting you to be feeling the opposite. So I just want to hold space for those of you who are navigating nausea and vomiting of pregnancy or its more severe form, hyperemesis, It is a really, really challenging symptom and it stays with you. Um, You know, you don't, you don't get much breaks uh, when you're experiencing severe nausea and vomiting of pregnancy or hyperemesis. So let's talk about how we manage nausea and pregnancy. So the first thing we want to talk about is what triggers nausea and pregnancy. 
Well, of course we know that the the nausea and pregnancy has something to do with the hormones. The hormones um, impact both our brain, which controls a lot of our our nausea and vomiting response. The hormones also impact our gastrointestinal tract. And we don't understand exactly what it is that makes pregnancy um, such a high-risk period for having nausea and vomiting as a symptom. But we do know that the hormones impact the two organ systems that are really involved in nausea, which is the the brain and the gastrointestinal tract. So triggers for nausea include hunger, sleep deprivation, certain smells, and then just certain experiences. We talk a lot about people having food aversions and smell aversions. You know, something doesn't smell good, it can make you nauseous. Something doesn't taste good, it doesn't make it can make you nauseous. But there's also these kind of other aversions that you can have in pregnancy that we don't talk as much about. You can be adverse to certain places. Sometimes that's tied to a smell, sometimes it's not. You can be adverse to people. Again, sometimes it's a smell, sometimes it's a not, it's not. I <clears throat> have been adverse to my dogs in pregnancy. I have been adverse to my place of work, to my house. There's a lot of different things you can be adverse to. And sometimes it's just thoughts. So you'll have a thought of something that's really triggering and makes you nauseous. So nausea is not just a physical experience. It's very much a mental experience. And if you are exposed to even just a picture of a food that's really unappetizing to you, that can be enough without smelling it or tasting it. Seeing a picture or just thinking of that food can make you nauseous. So nausea is complex. It is um, really has many different things that impact it. And so when we're trying to avoid triggers, we do the best we can. So you try to avoid getting hungry. You try to always have snacks available that are somewhat appetizing to you so that you don't have that hunger that triggers the nausea. Sleep deprivation can trigger nausea. So you know, prioritizing your sleep and then trying to remove as many food and other object triggers as you can, as much as you can. Um, You can't, if you have an aversion to your partner, you can't necessarily remove your partner from your life. Though I have certainly talked to people and had patients who slept in a different room from their partner for a period of time. Um, I always like to kind of get away from my, I get really averse to the smells in my house. So every pregnancy I've gotten to a point where I'm like, all right, I can't do it anymore. We are doing a staycation. I have to get out of this house. And so just for a weekend, um, we'll leave the house and go stay at a hotel, which is of course a privilege. Not everybody can do that. But even if you're just getting out of your house for a day, staying away from your triggers as much as possible can help. And that's one other, you know, lifestyle modification for nausea that I want to touch on. Nausea can be a very vicious cycle. So you can feel really grossed out and just ick about everything around you. And it can make you want to retreat. 
And most people who are experiencing, you know, severe nausea and vomiting pregnancy or hyperemesis are really forced into retreat. You do not have the energy or ability to kind of go out and interact with the world. However, human beings have a different level of suffering than other animals that makes the retreat and the isolation more difficult. So human beings experience a symptom like nausea. So they have the primary experience of that symptom. And then we are aware of the fact that we're experiencing that symptom. And so then there's a different level of suffering. And that's when we're feeling bad for ourselves that we're going through this. And of course we, I mean, we should feel bad for ourselves. It's awful. And then there's an awareness of what this symptom is taking away from us. So we feel isolated. We feel lonely. We feel like, you know, the whole world is gray. And so these kind of negative and depressing thoughts about what the symptom is taking away from us just make us feel worse. And it's this vicious cycle that then these negative feelings and this overall negative outlook really feeds into our nausea symptoms as well and can make them worse. I am describing a cycle. I don't have a answer to this because I have found myself in this negative cycle. And I think it's really difficult to exit. I have been able to do things like go for a walk, listen to a song that usually makes me happy, watch a funny movie, call a friend who usually makes me laugh. There are some things that I know that I can do to try to break out of that cycle. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Sometimes I don't even have any energy to do them. But I want you to think about that vicious cycle if you're getting into it and if there's anything you can do to try to break that cycle when it gets really bad. But please don't put pressure on yourself. Don't put additional pressure that you shouldn't be feeling that way. That is a very human response to the fact that you're feeling miserable for weeks to months on end. And it it is a normal, natural response. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. So now that we've talked kind of about managing triggers, managing some of the emotions of nausea and as a symptom, I want to also you know, remind you that if you are feeling depressed, if you are feeling anxious, the time to get help is now. And to tell your OB provider to reach out for help because these symptoms, even if they, it's the symptoms that are causing the depression, it doesn't mean that we just ignore it. You know, you could potentially end up with nausea your whole pregnancy and nine months of depression. And that's not something to bat an eye at that, that matters. And so we need to, I want to destigmatize experiencing depression related to these symptoms, but I don't necessarily want to normalize it. Right. I want you to seek help if you are feeling depressed. Okay, so moving on, we've talked about some lifestyle modifications for nausea, having snacks, eating frequently, avoiding triggers, getting sleep, trying to break the vicious cycle. Let's now talk about some over-the-counter remedies that are available for nausea. Before you take any of these things, talk to your OB provider, okay? 
not, they aren't right for everybody. And I want to make sure that you're getting the best care for you because this is general education. That is something that can apply to everyone, but you are an individual with your own medical history of obstetric history. And that matters. So some over-the-counter remedies. One, we have the the what's called the P6 acupressure bands. So those are, I think there's a brand name in the United States called C bands. They are basically these elastic bands that you put around your uh, wrist and they put pressure on an acupressure point from traditional Chinese medicine called P6. And there's some data that it may help with nausea. People wear them who get seasick. That's why the name C-bands. So that's one thing that some people feel relief with. Another thing that you can do is take ginger capsules. So you can also drink ginger trees and, and ginger, you know, candies and all of that. The only reason I bring up the capsules is because you can the capsules have been studied, and so there is some evidence that when you dose the capsules according to the, the same way that they did in the studies, that that can potentially help with nausea. Some people find relief with ginger teas and candies, but some people also end up getting averse to ginger. Sometimes just that pregnancy, but sometimes that aversion can last after pregnancy and for the rest of people's lives. So... If you are averse to ginger, you could potentially try the ginger capsules because you don't really taste any ginger when you take them. And um, if you are finding that the ginger tea and cookie and all, you know, candies and all of that isn't enough, the ginger capsules might be enough. And studies show that ginger capsules at 250 milligrams taken four times daily um, can improve nausea for some people. So those are some home remedies. Let's talk about vitamin B6. So there is some data that people who take a high quality prenatal with vitamin B6 for several months leading up to pregnancy have lower rates of nausea and vomiting of pregnancy. We also know that you can take additional vitamin B6 on top of your prenatal and if you take 25 milligrams orally every eight hours, for some people, that is enough to treat their nausea. Now, another over-the-counter medication that you can add to this mix, and again, I want you to talk to your OB provider before you start taking this because it's not right for everybody, but if the vitamin B6 isn't cutting it by itself, you can add over-the-counter doxylamine. It's uh, typically marketed um, both in the United States and other countries as a sleep aid. Um, the brand name is Unisom in the United States. It's actually the same class of medi uh, medications as Benadryl. Benadryl um, is used, is marketed as an allergy medication, but they actually um, are the same class of medication. So both of them cause, uh, I'm sorry, both of them cause some sedation and both of them can actually help some people with their nausea. So doxylamine taken 12.5 milligrams orally every eight hours can help some people with their nausea. Now, most uh, tablets in the United States are sold as for uh, 
25 milligrams. So you'd have to break the tablet in half. Uh, I have not found, at least in the United States, I have not found 12.5 milligram tablets available over the counter. So again, this medication is, is a sleep aid, so it can be very sedating. So some people, if vitamin B6 isn't cutting it, they will start taking doxylamine, the 12.5 milligrams just at night. Some people take the full 25 milligrams at night, and that can help with some nausea. Now, if that's not enough, there is a prescription formulation of this vitamin B6 and doxylamine combination. They work separately, but they tend to work better together. And in the United States, there's two different uh, prescription medications that combine these two medications. There's Diclegis and there's Bongesta. They're not, this, these medications aren't available in all countries, but essentially Diclegis is a delayed release formulation of vitamin B6 and doxylamine, and then Bongesta is an extended release formulation. It just is a different way they, they deliver the drug. So you have to take less pills of Bongesta and you can get a, you know, for some people, they just have to take one tablet at night. And what it is, is it's vitamin B6 and doxylamine that slowly releases over time. The nice thing about these prescription formulations compared to the over-counter formulations is that the, the steady state that you have in your bloodstream, the amount of medication that you have in your bloodstream is much more even with these prescription formulations compared to the over-the-counter. Remember, over-the-counter, you have to take the vitamin B6 every eight hours. And so when you look at how much of the drug people have in their bloodstream, it's going up and down, kind of like a roller coaster, whereas these prescription formulations are a nice steady state. Uh, so for me personally, the over-the-counter formulations do not work for my nausea, but the prescription formulations do. So definitely something to talk to your provider about. So now that we've talked about lifestyle things that you can do. We've talked about some over-the-counter remedies. Pregnancy can be really hard. On top of all the physical stuff, there's the emotional impact of not feeling well and not feeling at home in your body for months on end. If you are having a tough time in pregnancy, you are not alone. I have so been there and I want to help you. Head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com to register for my free class, Four Ways to Make Your Pregnancy Easier and Healthier. This class is all about taking some of the stress and overwhelm off your plate. Head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com and pick a time to watch the class from the comfort of your own home. You deserve support, Mama. Let's talk about the fact that sometimes our nausea can be triggered by something that is being prescribed by our OB provider, which is a prenatal vitamin. So I want to say that if you are experiencing a not lot of nausea, uh, vomiting of pregnancy, and your prenatal vitamin is making you nauseous, talk to your provider about converting to folic acid supplementation only. Depending on where you are in your pregnancy, you know, you'll have a different conversation with your OB provider. But when people are 
really suffering with nausea and their prenatal vitamin is making them worse, oftentimes we'll say, okay, really what's most important right now, particularly in the first trimester, is the folic acid. So let's not take a regular prenatal and just take folic acid itself. And you can get much smaller pills that are much better tolerated that are folic acid only. So that's another thing to talk about with your provider. So let's move over to talking about prescription medications. So we've already talked about the vitamin B6 and doxylamine combination. So diclegis and Bongesta, uh, really great prescription medications for nausea. Sometimes they're covered by insurance. Sometimes, unfortunately, because these two components are available over the counter, some insurance companies don't think that they need to cover them. It's very frustrating. I personally have paid cash to get these medications because my insurance company does not cover them. And on the the website for the uh, drug maker, there are some special coupons for people who uh, don't have insurance coverage for these medications. So that's something to take a look at. Okay. In terms of the risks of the prescription medication, diclegis and doxylamine, there are known risks at the typical dose range for pregnancy. Common side effect is going to be drowsiness. The drowsiness is not as severe as, you know, taking Unisom every eight hours, but it is still there. Okay. So let's talk about, we're going to talk about some other prescription medications. One of them, one of the more common medications prescribed for nausea and vomiting in pregnancy is promethazine, which is also known as Phenergan. So the, one, some of the benefits of this medication is it doesn't have to be given orally. So if you are you know, not able to take pills, this, not super pleasant, but this medication can be given rectally. In addition, you can get it in a shot in the muscle, or you can get an IV of this medication. Um, current evidence does support that it is safe and effective for most in pregnancy. Um, it late in pregnancy, there is an increased risk of slowed breathing in the newborn. So this is something that we want to consider tapering off later in pregnancy. Um, just something to be aware of. In terms of side effects, sedation and drowsiness is a side effect, dry mouth. And then there is a, a movement disorder called dystonia, which is uh, where muscles kind of in, involuntarily contract rare complication, but is something that we do see. Okay, so that is promethazine. And then there is another medication called uh, Reglan, also known as metoclopramide. This is a pretty effective medication for nausea. It's given for other, um, in, you know, outside of pregnancy as well. It also does not have to be given orally, and current evidence does suggest that it is safe and effective for most in pregnancy. The thing that I really want to make everybody aware of, and this is something that I feel like patients rarely, especially members of Sterling Parents, when I talk to them, they've rarely been counseled about 
this uh, risk associated with Reglan, and that is that it can precipitate or worsen depressive episodes. So if you have a history of depression, this may not be the best medication for you. If you were actively depressed, I would definitely talk to your doctor and think twice before starting a medication that has that as a known risk factor, a known side effect. And then a really uncommon uh, risk of Reglan is a movement disorder known as tardive dyskinesia that um, involves kind of involuntary muscle contractions. We typically see this um, movement disorder in people who take higher doses for longer periods of time. I have never seen a pregnant person on on Reglan for nausea develop this, um, this movement disorder, but it's something to be aware of. And then the other possible side effects are sedation and drowsiness and then dry mouth. Now there's another medication that we typically reserve for more um, serious, severe cases of nausea and vomiting of pregnancy. It doesn't necessarily mean serious in that you're losing weight and you're dehydrated, just that you have tried all of these other things and it's still not getting any better. And that medication is Zofran. That's the brand name in the United States, also known as Andansetron. This is a very effective anti-nausea medication that we use very commonly outside of pregnancy. So this is really the go-to for, say, nausea that is associated with chemotherapy. And it's effective. Many providers skip to this and don't go through a lot of the other prescription medications because they know that this one works so well. Uh, We know that it works really well outside of pregnancy. We actually don't have as much data on Zofran in pregnancy as you would think because it is so commonly prescribed, but it works so well outside of pregnancy. And and many pregnant people will tell you that this this is like the medication that, that changed the game for them. So it is highly effective for other causes of nausea and vomiting. Um, Like the other medications we talked about, it does not have to be given orally. If you, you know, want to take this medication, but you're having trouble swallowing and you're throwing up a lot of your pills, Zofran does come in an oral dissolving tablet, which is a nice feature. So it's a... it's effective, but there are some some risks associated with it. One, we know that it can change the conductivity, the electroconductivity of your heart, and it can pr- do something called prolong the QT interval. I'm not going to get into the cardiology and the science behind that, but I just want to say that some people know that they have something called long QT syndrome. And so if you have that disorder, Nobody should give you Ondansetron, not a safe medication for you. However, there are some people that have these electrical conductivity disorders of their heart, and they don't actually know that they have them. And so they take this medication, and it can have pretty serious um, complications. So something to be aware of if you have, you know, heart problems that run in your family, if you've ever been told that you have a heart arrhythmia or anything abnormal with an EKG you've had, this is definitely something to tell your provider. Okay. 
Um, in addition, because it can change the electrical conductivity of your heart and because it can interact with other medications, it's really important that your OB provider and your pharmacist know of the other medications that you are on. Now, we are getting close to time, so I'm going to... I'm not going to go too much more into Ondansetron because it's a medication that I want you to talk about with your OB provider. If you are a member of Sterling Parents, we're going to go into a little bit more detail about Zofran. We're going to talk about the data on congenital malformations with this medication. Um, a discussion needs to be had there. If you are considering taking this medication and you're in your first trimester, you definitely want to talk to your provider about the risks of congenital malformations that are associated with this medication. There's a lot of fear around this medication, but it's not necessarily something that you cannot take in the first trimester, but it does require discussion. So we're going to talk about that in the bonus section for members of sterlingparents.com. But I want to end with uh, some of the common side effects of Zofran, which is constipation. Uh, if you're already experiencing constipation, that's causing you a lot of problems. You definitely want to take that into account um, when thinking about taking Ondansetron because it can make it worse. Um, there, is, there are some people who um, report fatigue and drowsiness. I will say that um, that side effect is is not as pronounced with as you know, at least in my experience, both personally and professionally, people don't complain about that side effect as much as they do with some of the other prescription medications we've talked about. And then the last common side effect, and this isn't all the side effects, but the last common one I want to talk about is headaches. So Zofran can cause headaches. And just be aware that pregnancy can also make you more likely to get headaches. So it's definitely if you're experiencing headaches at baseline, um, or you start experiencing headaches when you start taking this medication, something to consider, okay? So again, if you are a member of Sterling Parents, stick around um, after for after the for farewell. We're going to talk a little bit more about Zofran. For everybody else, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Becoming Moms. All right, lovelies, until next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Becoming Moms. If you are looking for more support from me during your pregnancy journey, head over to sterlingparents.com to learn more about our membership. The Sterling Parents membership now comes with a private Instagram account where members can send me direct messages 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Pregnancy is hard. You deserve support. Head over to sterlingparents.com to get the best support available for your pregnancy.